This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. As we are entering now into the second phase stage of Avelis, the first stage would be called the uh, three weeks. Now, what's called the nine days, beginning with Rosh Chodesh Av. Now, the truth is, this stage of Avelis is somewhat more based in the Gemara. Mishnai said, the end of Mishnah Tainis. We have the famous phrase, Mishnichnas Av, Mimat Besimcha. Chazal tells us that when we enter the month of Av, we're supposed to decrease our Simcha. And the reason why people know about this Gemara is because the Gemara contrasts that Mishnichnas Av, Mimat Besimcha, Mishnichnas Adar, Marbim Besimcha. And the Gemara tells us the famous phrase that if a person has a court case with a non-Jew, he should push off his court case, not have it in the month of Av. Instead, he should try to have it in the month of Adar. We mentioned this in the past. It's the Ara from the Chassam Seifer that the din of Mishenichlas Adar Marbim Besimcha is not found in the pages of the Shulchan Aruch. It's not found in the pages of the Rishonim. The din that a Jew should try to push off a court case and not have it during Adar <coughs> is not found in the pages of the Shulchan Aruch. No, have it in Adar, to have it in Adar, is not found in the pages of the Shulchan Aruch or in the pages of the Rishonim. Yet, the din of Mishnichtas Av, Mematim Besimcha, and not to have court cases in Av, is found in the pages of the Shulchan Aruch, which is an interesting thing, because the Gemara seems to put them together. But in any case, the beginning of the nine days definitely has its roots in Halacha. The big question is, when do the nine days begin? This was probably the most asked question today. When do the nine days begin? And the answer is, well, at this point, it already began for all of us. Because the answer is, it started at Shkia. Once Shkia hit, which is approximately 8 to 12, that is when the nine days begin. However, Moshe Feinstein was quoted as saying, if let's say, for example, a person started supper this evening at 7.30, and by the time they got around to eating supper, until their meat came, until their chicken came, it was ready after Shkia. So Moshe ruled that as long as you started the meal before Shkia, you can conclude the meal even though it's ready after Shkia, but try to hurry up the meal as soon as possible. I mean, don't let the meal drag out for another three hours. Try to wrap it up as soon as possible. They quote in the name of Shmuel Kamenetsky that he says, you can wrap it up by tzeis. But after tzeis, you've got to be done with it. So even if, let's say, for example, you're going to have a, a barbecue tonight, and you're first starting the barbecue at 7.30, so according to him, you can continue it up till tzeis yekechavim, but not after tzeis yekechavim. However, there is one other situation where the 90s begin earlier, and someone just asked me about this a few hours ago, if you dive in Mayav early tonight. For those people who like to dive in Mayav early after plag. So it's very nice to daven Mayav early, but the nine days start for them early as well. So a person called me up that he daven Mayav after plug and then he wanted to go home and have a fleshiga supper. I ruined his supper plans because, unfortunately, he's not allowed to eat meat, even though it's still not yet shkia. But since he daven Mayav early, he ushered in the day, he is not allowed to eat meat after davening plag Mayav. Now, one of the major prohibitions that exists during the nine days is the Isra of Rechitza. I don't want to get into it now. I'm only mentioning it because tomorrow there's a very big heter. Because Rosh Chodesh falls out on Erev Shabbos, Mr. Bru quotes already from the Magen Avram that you can take a regular shower, regular temperature with soap this Friday. We'll find a heter for next Friday. We'll take each Friday separately. But for this Friday, it's a widely accepted heter that because it's Rosh Chodesh, together with Friday, a person would be permitted to take a regular shower. So tomorrow, regular showers are allowed. No swimming, obviously, but regular showers are permitted. The other major issue that people have with the nine days, the major prohibition, is Basimiyayin. Now again, if you look in the Gemara, Mesechah's Tainas, the end of the fourth barrack, you'll find that the earliest time Basimiyayin really becomes prohibited is at Erev Tishabav at the Sudas HaMavsekis. Till then, there is no mention in the Gemara that you're not allowed to have Basimiyayin. However, in Rishonim, 
maybe it's based on Yerushalmi, different girses in Yerushalmi, but in the Rishonim we already find earlier prohibition. For example, if you look at Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch brings down an opinion that we stop eating meat and, and yayin already from Shivas and Batamas. Shulchan Aruch calls such a shita, widely not practiced. The other more accepted practice is either starting from Rosh Chodesh or up till Shur Shechalbi. But interestingly enough, the Temanim, I so quoted the Temanim, Taka have no limitations on Bas Viyayin. They eat Bas Viyayin up till the Sudas Hamavsekis. However, for Ashkenazim and for Svardim, the prohibition begins starting from Rosh Chodesh of. However, it is interesting, Svardim are allowed to eat Fleshiks tomorrow. At least some Svardim. Bavad Yosef has a true in Yechavadas where he writes that Rosh Chodesh permits you to eat Basar. Us Ashkenazim widely do not accept that, but Svardim do. So for Svardim tomorrow, they still would be allowed to eat meat because it is mutter under the banner of Rosh Chodesh. So that's the major <coughs> prohibition that we have is eating Basar V'yayin. Now when I say Basar, Basar doesn't just mean meat, it includes chicken as well. However, it's worth noting, and someone called me about this this afternoon, if there is someone that has a medical condition, and for whatever reason they need to have basr, they can't survive on milchiks or parib, so they obviously may eat, may eat meat, but they should try chicken first. And if you have a person who can't eat a, a dairy um, diet, they have to have some form of meat, so don't give them the steak and the hamburgers first, first try to give them the chicken, and if that works, go with that. So that's what the place can suggest, try using chicken first, if chicken doesn't work, then you may go to meat. So there are heterim for someone who is having a difficult time Again, I don't mean because you're, you're out of ideas for milchik or menus. I mean you have a real medical condition. The person who called me up, the lady was uh, early stage of the pregnancy, so the doctor said she needs a certain level of diet. But again, it has to be some form of a medical reason, not just because you happen to like fellatius very much. Tomorrow is Erev Shabbos. There is no heter to eat meat on Erev Shabbos. I know a lot of people like to taste their food, to know how their food tastes. So I, by all means, you can taste it as long as you spit it out afterwards. So please, if you're going to do that, make sure there's no one else in the kitchen when you're tasting the food. Now the interesting shot that comes up with tomorrow is, let's say chalent. So chalent is made up of meat, barley, potatoes. It's a concoction chalent. So let's say you say tomorrow afternoon you want to taste the chalent. You want to have some chalent, but you won't touch the meat. You'll just eat the beans. You'll eat the barley. You won't eat the actual meat. Is that a problem? <clears throat> so if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch has a, a description of something called a tafshul shalbasa. Tafshul shalbasa basically is like a chalent. It means there's meat in the dish, but there's other components to the dish as well. Let's say, for example, a chicken soup. You can eat around the chicken in the chicken soup. So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, believe it or not, the Shulchan Aruch says it's mutter. You're allowed to eat it. However, all the later Rachreinim, Magen Avraham, Mishtaburu, everyone else, they say, no, the accepted practice today is that we don't eat Tafshul Shabbosus. You can't even have the barley and the beans of the chalent. You can't even have the soup of the chicken soup. All that is not allowed. That's all considered Tafshul Shabbosus. They talk about an interesting shayla. Let's say, for example, you put kishka in the chalent and you wrap it in foil and you put it in the chalent pot. Can you eat that on Friday? So I would think that is mutter. My humble opinion, I think that's mutter. Because that's a separate dish. It's not part of the actual meal. It's a separate thing that happens to be taking up space in the Karakpa. So I would think Meikra Adin, that would be mutter. I did see your Shmuel Kamenetsky thinks it's not. But maybe we'll talk about it more, a little bit more next week. For children who are not going to be staying up for the Friday night meal. So if this is going to be their Shabbos meal on Friday afternoon at whatever time, 5, 6 o'clock, they are permitted to eat meat. So right, with Moshe Feinstein. But if you're going to have kids that are going to eat once, like my kids, they eat first at 5 o'clock and then they stay up again for the Suda and eat a second round, then they're not allowed to eat chicken or meat at the first Suda, at the first lunch or supper for them. But if you have children that don't stay up for the Shabbos meal, so their Shabbos meal is 5 o'clock Friday afternoon, then they are allowed to have meat and chicken at that meal.
Now, the other shayla comes up is, obviously we all know, at the three meals of Shabbos, one's allowed to eat basaviyayin, and one is supposed to eat basaviyayin at the three Shabbos meals. What about shaloshudas? Most of us don't eat fleshiks at shaloshudas. But let's say you have that craving for fleshiks at shaloshudas. So Ramesh Feinstein actually has a truth about this, where he writes it's 100% mutter to eat fleshiks at shaloshudas. However, it is not allowed to have fleshiks from Malava Malka. Even though there are some... <clears throat> More Hasidic slanted poiskim that permit Malva Malka Fleshiks, accepted, and that's where Moshe Feinstein writes in the Chuvah, the accepted practice amongst, I think, most Litvish Jews is not to eat Fleshiks for the Malva Malka, even if you normally eat Fleshiks all year long, you have to eat regular food from Malva Malka. There is an interesting Birke um, Yosef, the Chidah, he quotes an interesting practice that you're allowed to eat during the nine days any leftover food from Shabbos. Whatever you have left over from Shabbos, you may eat during the nine days. And the Shari Tshuva goes very strongly to disagree with this practice. And as far as I know, this practice is not accepted. Allah Today we have this little thing called the freezer. So if you have Shabbos leftovers, put it in a freezer. You can use it for next Shabbos or even for later. So Allah Lamaisa, we do not allow to have leftover foods during the nine days. The big shayla that comes up this week is how to make Havdallah Matzah Shabbos. What's the question? So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber says there is no question. Havdallah, make regular Havdallah. Drink the cup, drink the wine, no problem. The Ramah comes along and the Ramah says, no. When it comes to Havdol, you should really give it to a kid to drink. That's what the Ramah writes. However, the Ramah concludes, if you have no children in your home, that's an adult-only home, then Avada, then the, the man who makes Havdol can drink from the cup. Now, when the Ramah writes, you give it to a kid to drink, what type of kid are we talking about? So the Magav, the, the Magav Ram learns the Ramah, and this is what Mr. Burr brings down, it means a child who's higil lechinuch, but he's any a day Yerushalayim. Very in between age. He's old enough to understand mitzvahs, which we say today is approximately six or seven years old, but he doesn't understand how to mourn the Beis HaMikdash. So it's somewhere between seven and thirteen. That's the age you have to give it to the child. So in Shabbos Amun Orbach it's so hard to figure out what age this is. So today most Achroinim just follow the regular practice that the regular Mavdil drinks the wine. That's where Moshe Feinstein held, Rabbi Shalom Zaman Orbach held that way. Interestingly enough, both Rabbi Yashvin and Chaim Kenevsky and the Chazanish held that today every kid tells his bar mitzvah is any a day Because I tell you a little secret, most adults are any a day Yerushalayim. So they say most kids for sure are any a day So they hold that you can give it to a kid whose mamish is bar mitzvah next week. You can give it to him to drink uh, for the Havdalah. But I, I still think most people follow the practice that they use, they drink the wine themselves. There's a famous, uh, what a lot of people do is they follow the Orach HaShulchan. The Orach HaShulchan says, make it over beer, use Chamar Medina. Now, Ramosha wasn't a big fan of this Orach HaShulchan. Ramosha felt that you use Chamar Medina when you can't use Yain. Ramosha felt that you could use Yain, and Ramosha was of the opinion it is better to make Havdallah over Yain, drink it yourself. Again, if you have a child who fits that age perfectly, then maybe you give it to the child, but otherwise you could drink the wine yourself. So grape juice is an interesting Shiloh, whether or not grape juice has the same status. So I would say 99.9% of the Paiskim, including Ramosha Feinstein and uh, pretty much everyone in Eretz Yisrael, they hold that grape juice has the same status as wine. There is a minority opinion from Rabbi Yitzhak Abadi of Lakewood, who has a whole stickle, Torah, where he thinks grape juice does not count. Grape juice is not considered a part of it. So if you want to be extra from, so you can make Abdullah on grape juice with Asvek Sveka. Like maybe grape juice doesn't count, and even if it counts, you can be saying Mechan the Shulchanach. I think you can make such a Cheshbet. There's another... Maybe, so we had a shear here a few uh, months ago. We had a whole list of hierarchy for Chamar Medina. Juice is on the lower end of Chamar Medina. It's not on the top end of Chamar Medina. Um, there's another interesting halacha that people are not aware of, 
that you're not allowed to wear Shabbos clothing during the nine days. It doesn't say it clearly, but it's based on a Ramah, where the Ramah writes that a bris during the nine days, you're allowed to wear Big Day Shabbos. So the apparent diak is that everyone else can't wear Shabbos clothing during the nine days. And people are not Zoyer on this. Especially if you're traveling, you're going on vacation, so you figure, I'll just take my, my Shabbos suit and I'll wear it, I'll take my Shabbos hat. The Paiskim are very careful about this. You really shouldn't wear Shabbos clothing um, except for Shabbos. So the Shailah said, so you have to run out of your Shabbos clothing once you Shabbos. So it's actually Machoy Kisa Paiskim. Some Paiskim suggest if you, let's say for example, you're going out much of Shabbos. And you know you're going to be spending two, three hours out, going out on the street, going out meeting friends. You probably should change out of your Shabbos clothing. Because you really shouldn't be wearing Shabbos clothing except for Shabbos. There's a whole shail in the Paiskim. What about Shaduchim purposes? The boy's going to show up, but he's not going to show up in the suit? Okay, a whole discussion. My wife wanted to take my children for pictures on Sunday. So I said to her, no, you can't. They're going to wear Shabbos clothing. So she said, but they don't like wearing Shabbos clothing. I said, you're right, they probably don't. But nonetheless, I didn't think it was right to get it to wear Shabbos clothing. So we should be more careful, more sensitive. These shadows come up. Let's say, for example, people make varts during the nine days. So they expect us all to wear uh, Shabbos clothing. Are we allowed to wear Shabbos clothing to the vart? I'm talking about shadows. Let's say, for example, you're meeting the Mechutanah for the first time. You don't want to wear your weekday clothing. You want to look your best. It's not so pashit. So keep in mind this halacha, that people should be aware that there is taka, a prohibition, that one really should not be wearing Shabbos clothing during the nine days, except for Shabbos. Or maybe a bris, and even a bris. It's not, not, not maybe not every person who shows up. Maybe only the bali bris, the sandik, the moil, the aben, things like that. But it's a, a halacha that's again, if you're traveling, it's renegade. People go away for the weekend, so they figure they'll take their Shabbos talis. Shmuel Kamnetsky has a whole discussion. What about a Shabbos talis, a Shabbos hat, a Shabbos suit? So just be aware of it throughout the nine days. Try to make sure you're always wearing your Shabbos clothing only on Shabbos and not during the week.